It's uh, the end, uh, near the end of March. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing, Rich? Uh, I'm doing actually really good. I've got a, I, dude, I've been keeping this a secret from you. Oh. Um, but I'm currently drinking coffee out of a complete in box podcast mug. How are you? That's pretty cool. Yeah. How'd you find? How'd you happen upon one of those rarities? Um, well, I was making myself some business cards on Vistaprint, uh, because yep. I'm going to that gaming thing expo, uh, in April in Milwaukee. And I thought, Hey, oh, right it'd be cool is if daddy had some business cards to take with him to promote the podcast. Oh, right and on. That's cool. So at the end, of course, me being a victim of all kinds of marketing schemes, uh, Vistaprint says, Hey, Dude, we can take your logo and put it all on all kinds of stuff. That's and great. I was like, mug? Yeah. Wait, I can get it on a mouse pad? Yeah, I better have that. Pens? <laughs> sure, give me a couple of those. Mouse uh, pad. Yeah, can you guys put it on pogs? <laughs> <laughs> if they could put That's it great. on pogs, I would definitely have pogs. Um, then my girlfriend might respect me more because she loves the 90s real bad. Um, so, yeah, I'm currently drinking out of the Complete Box podcast mug. I'm merched up now. That's awesome, man. Well, Great. I'm just drinking water out of a glass, which is is it actual glass or is it a plastic cup from? It's it's actually glass. It's well, it's a it's like a pint glass for beer. So it's really like a sad use of the glass, to be honest. But <laughs> uh, you should put but that in your freezer right. and at least have a frosty mug of water. <laughs> that's right. Yes, yeah. really hits the spot. <laughs> oh, so anything else happened in your life, bud? Anything cool, uh, exciting going on? This is always everybody's favorite part of the show where Phil just yeah, goes, I forgot. Eh, I don't care about not my really. Life. Yeah, not really. Yeah, my life's now for other people. Like I don't have one. Like oh, that's, it, that's you, sad. You should at least obviously like a you lose yourself. a chunk when you get married, and then you lose a bigger chunk when you decide to have pets. Depending on how much you're gonna, you know, dedicate yourself to those pets, and then you lose the rest of it when you have a kid. So no, there's not much going on in my life, man. You should. We'll have to ask my pets, my wife, and my baby what their lives are like, and then <laughs> that can be mine. <laughs> um, you know, you should really start doing things for yourself more often and yeah, uh, but... you know come to milwaukee and let's uh i'll buy you some business cards and we'll uh we'll go do this thing. <laughs> yeah that's not a bad idea i should i really should probably price out what it would look like to to go up there for a day and and see if i can take that out of ruthie's college fund that'll be that'll be good dude stuff. howard phillips is gonna be there man we can nintendo geek up we can meet eric <laughs> bischoff we can do all of the things eric bischoff I, you know, I don't think I liked Eric Bischoff. Wasn't he a D-bag? He was a guy who, like, ran... Well, D-bag is a heel. Like, I'm sure yeah. the guy's a very nice guy. Yeah. But... Uh, back, yeah, he was big back in my watching wrestling days. Yeah, he was, uh, what, he was, like, the McMahon equivalent for WCW or something like that? Yeah, but, you know, with a way cooler leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, yes. Oh, our friends over at the uh, Loose Thursday podcast be happy to know that I started some yard work this weekend. Oh, good. It's, are you putting uh, some pre-emergent down? What are you doing? It's uh, one of those. It's one of those things that uh, you know has to be done because the rest of the weekends up until I don't know May are pretty much taken up with work and stuff like that. So I had to get Ooh. out there and clean up all that mess from the winter time. Well, good work, man. That's better than I've done. I've Tis got. Is the season, my good dude? There's... There's a lot of dog uh, so, excrement in my backyard. It's piled up from all that snow. We oh basically in Iowa had snow on our ground from like January 3rd through March, like, 
I don't even know, like early March. So Aren't like, about like picking it ago. up as they go. No, it's cold out. So like, <laughs> it's you got to be stepping over it. They're running around. Nah, you just wait till you go pick it up all at once. Well, it's it's good for the ground, right? I mean, it's fer- I mean, fertilizer. It might be. I don't know if dumping raw dog sewage on grass does much for it or not. But uh, rosy poop is best poop. Oh man, yeah. They're. I mean, these dogs are like fifty and sixty pounds. So you know, it's basically like human-sized dog turds out there. Not the size of a human. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the size of a six-foot man. Yes, this dog is laying a six-foot turd. No. Uh, no, but it's a it's it's real. You're picking up you're picking up normal dog turds. I I now envy those folks out there with small dogs. I feel like I get it. Like yeah. they do you envy folks with into, cats. Turns into dust. No. You do not envy folks with cats. No. You are not in the cat biz. I worry for them. You, you know wor- what I mean? Well, my girlfriend's here and she could probably hear through the door. So anything oh, okay. we say about cats could She can only hear you though, right? Like you got your headphones on. Well, I'm going to repeat what you say. No, just well, so then she you're, knows. Then you're just a dirty narc, dude. That's just fine. So she, I'm going to yell out, just you. so she knows that I'm not the one bashing on cats. <laughs> She'll probably come in here man, anyway. <laughs> just straight up unplugs your computer. I, you're grounded. You're not, you're not dude, hanging out with these people anymore. I've warned you. I'm grounded from a lot of things. One of them mm-hmm. being shoes, and I don't want to be grounded from a podcast either. I kind of like doing it. So you She's know. sending you to work in bare feet now, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually, well, I'm in bare feet right now. I'm in the comfort of my own home. What can I say? Just get that drumstick out in case you start needing to get at something. Gross. All right. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, So today, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into the the meat and potatoes of the show because Google dropping big news and they're unveiling the Stadia platform and may it... Or may not compete with our friends over Xbox, Sony, and Microsoft. Uh, I'm gonna let you start with this, Phil. What do you think? Here's <laughs> okay. Think I'm gonna, the uh, reason why I'm gonna let you start is because you are yeah. not a current console guy. I'm not. So I want to get true. your perspective on this. Yeah. Well, I think the barrier for entry is pretty fucking great, right? Um, just think about the reason that I'm not a current gen console owner. Ultimately, is because I just don't have 400 bucks or whatever. You know, I I can't sometimes reconcile getting like going out to eat. <laughs> I mean, you have a kid, you got family, whatever yeah. we, we have enough money with to have a little bit of fun, but it's like, I don't know if I can put 400 bucks in a dad's fun budget. You know what I mean? So with that in mind, the barrier for entry there is like eliminated. I don't know what Google's going to sell that controller for, but you can bet your ass it'll be bottom dollar. Cause that's basically it, right? It eliminates the, need for the console. And we've heard folks talk about this. Uh, I remember a few months back, uh, I can't remember exactly what conference it may have been following. It was probably E3, but I want to say it was the president of, oh, Ubisoft was talking about where he really was seeing streaming um, gaming being kind of the future. And my big, uh, I guess my big issue or you know concern with it being uh, a true replacement to the console to stream everything is obviously lag. You know, it's the idea yeah. that there's a lot of precision games out there. Like you think of, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a sucker for all the old precision platformers that are fun, even little games like that have come out recently, uh, like Cuphead, some of those games out there that are just, they're very difficult and the timing is everything yeah. down to just stuff like, uh, you know, your first person shooters that everybody likes to play 
competitively online, you got to duck your head out in, of a corner and duck it back. You need to know when you hit the button, the input is moving right then. So all that in mind, I'm skeptical a little bit of exactly what it can pull off. But at the same time, right, where Nintendo has succeeded is really not trying to out Xbox or out PlayStation. Those guys, they're really just kind of going to do their own thing. They're going to draw different audiences, uh, older and younger than really kind of that, I guess, quote, hardcore gamer audience that Sony and Microsoft like to pursue that are buying these AAA $60 titles, right? So with that in mind, there's still a lot of market share out there, even if they're not going to put themselves in direct competition, meaning uh, Google and Stadia, I mean. So if they were to kind of just pursue folks that are kind of like, you know, my wife and I who are playing Dr. Mario or we're playing The Binding of Isaac, just something to quickly pick up and set down that doesn't have a lot of requirements. Yeah, I think it could I think it really be successful, like majorly successful. I mean, hell, it's it's coming from a company that already runs YouTube. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. I think that they they can pull it off, but we'll see. It just really kind of comes down to it's going to be a different type of game. I just don't think every type of game will be a good fit for this type of technology. So, yeah, obviously the biggest issue for me is the lag, um, especially even, if, you know, a lot of the new consoles and stuff like that, like. Um, you know, they're super powerful and you don't really worry about lag too much. But the thing you worry about most with consoles now, especially online gaming is the ping where you cannot, you know, in Fortnite, people will talk a lot about ping and you can't build your walls fast enough because you're running at a slower, uh, frame rate. So, um, you know, with their internet platform, that's my biggest concern. They say it's going to be twice the power of the Xbox and the, uh, ps4 put together i certainly think that google can build that platform i know it will eventually be successful and that's eventually where we will go um i think it's a lot of it's going to hinge on of course you know software developers who get paid bunch of, a bunch of money by microsoft and sony to develop games can they live without that if for whatever reason Xbox freezes them out, I think Microsoft has a plan for this already. I think Sony does too, where you can just start streaming games anyway. I just, it really freaks me out that if you can just play any game, pick it up, play any game on your phone, pick any game on your tablet, play any game on your TV without, with just the help of a USB controller or whatever. I just, I don't know, it's too futury for me to really believe in right now, but I'm sure once I see it happen for a year and people start. Uh, raving about well there's no lag in fact it's better and then of course i'd love to save myself you know a four hundred dollars every couple of years because of uh the cost of new consoles um and now with the thing of the 4k uh, another thing that really worries me though is the internet and they talk a little bit about this your internet speeds where you have to have you know essentially you know 50 megabytes a second download or maybe even 100 i don't know what it is but a lot of places don't have that kind of fiber capability uh, oh yeah absolutely and especially with your average person not understanding why they need so much bandwidth uh i think that's gonna especially in rural areas is gonna be a, a lot of people disappointed that they won't be able to, to jump in on this and a lot yep. of the area is still i mean yes the majority of people still live in big cities chicago has fiber uh every you know all the big places have fiber at least a cable internet that can sustain such things but you know somebody like my uncle who lives out in the country and has to use satellite internet to play Fortnite or whatever, it's going to yeah. be real tough for him to jump in on something like this. So I don't, I just don't know how far this goes. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think this, uh, a lot of people, I just think it's a really cool buzzword. People like to throw around of uh, disruption. They're disrupting, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's, in this case, it's true. Um, Absolutely. They're disrupting it. Yeah. I mean, people, but, they're definitely, people are definitely talking about it and there's no, nobody really knows when it's going to be coming out, but I imagine yeah. that it won't be in the too far future. No, um, I suppose it won't. I think there'll be kind of a soft, like a small start. I don't know what a launch title looks like. You know what I mean? Like, what is it they try to, what's a killer app? What's, what are they going to really try to rope people in on? I don't know, but. One of the things yeah. that concerns me is that, um, oh, this is the <laughs> set up that plays random music at random times a day. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to stop recording because I think it's just a unique part of the podcast. Uh, that's right. <laughs> So anyway, Billy, Billy, that's Billy the Beeper. That's our guest DJ. Billy the Beeper. Our... That's right. Um, one of the things that also concerns me is that Google could start influencing TV makers, and then they force you to put the Stadia uh, stuff on their TVs. And, and <laughs> why is it still playing? I don't know. Is it a Christmas ornament? Uh, no, it's it's this alarm clock that Ellen got from work, <laughs> like as like employee of the month thing or something, and it's really just doesn't stop playing we might as well just embrace it now i'm gonna sit back and take a couple sips of coffee it will end i promise or not so bring me some figgy pudding phil bring me some figgy <laughs> pudding uh, so this, it's interesting this thing is i'm about to bring you a fresh set of batteries this thing sounds like it's on its way out <laughs> it's actually the tamagotchi of alarm clocks okay yeah oh you have to feed it or else it'll do that at a random time at a random day Dude, um, I would see it like it was my job if that were the case. <laughs> oh, man, oh, this podcast is going really well today, but this is real it life, is. right? Live, live. Uh, so anyway, my, my biggest concern with these, uh, with the Stadia is, not my biggest, but one of the concerns I have is they incorporate this, essentially this app and all the TVs. It starts driving the cost of TVs up, and then you start, Google starts driving the market for even televisions. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I wonder if that ever becomes a thing. Uh, they say it's, you just have mm -hmm. to download an app and play it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I would say it's no different really from probably YouTube as an app on a smart TV is, is probably what they would want to go for. Um, I don't know exactly how that looks, but yeah. Um, you know, Amazon, will they put it on their, uh, their drives will, Roku put it on theirs, you know, it's going to, I don't know, a lot of questions that he'd answer in, um, before this really becomes a big thing, but still something huge to talk about because I think this, like you said, it's a disruptor. People will start. Yeah. People. Cause start one of the things crazy. that I, one of the functions of it, or at least the supposed functionality or its intended functionality of it is really to kind of erase the barrier between in the streaming video game streaming world, which we know is a increasingly big hit kind of erasing and blurring the line between a being a passive and active participant in that. So currently as it goes, you think about Twitch and everybody's basically stuck putting, you know, uh, contributing to the experience off on the right in a chat, you know, something to that effect. And then hoping that I guess the streamers like, Oh, Hey, thanks X. Uh, so, you know, thanks for subscribing, man. Really appreciate it. You know, that kind of thing that just happens on there. Yeah. But I think what they're really trying to chase, and it's a pretty cool idea, is what if, you know, Ninja is the first one that comes to mind. Is that dude just mega huge? Um, you know, if he makes an, a, he's got to set up a Google, he's going to play this game from this time to that time. It's live on YouTube. You could then go to YouTube with your controller 
and join in. Now, you wouldn't, I don't think everybody, like, you would be seeing everybody at the same time, right? Maybe you would just see 20 people and you would be in, like, one group. There could be a million people logged onto it at one time. But it's just a way for you to then kind of be in the game with the streamer. It's, you know, they probably don't see you because, like I was saying with Ninja, the dude couldn't see all the people if he tried yeah. that were watching him at any given moment, right? It's just, it's too immense. But um, it's still, I think, it's obviously a more personal experience to be running alongside him in the game than it is to just sit in the chat along 10,000 other people trying to type about stuff. So that kind of stuff seems very interesting. I, I can kind of see exactly why they're trying to go that way. And that's, for me, the disruptor. I think the idea of it just being a box that goes Wi-Fi, other people have tried it. Um, and I think it may, it may just not get the same gaming audience that these powerful console games have you know your uh call of duties and that like i was mentioning but yeah i think i could see uh kind of getting just the streamers like basically it they may just really put if anybody out of a run for them is going to be twitch i think if this becomes successful then amazon's going to be kind of wondering how much they spent on twitch because a lot of people are going to go and use the stadia in conjunction with just YouTube. hanging out watching people play video games on tv well also the the youtube factor the fact that google owns youtube and then exactly. you can start streaming live you know they've been trying to build their streaming platform forever uh to right. try and keep up with twitch now this will be one way that they can definitely do that uh, yeah and then amazon becomes you know maybe amazon starts a gaming service too so okay mm -hmm. so here's the thing so. is what does this cost a month right um what oh, is this right. going to cost because uh, you're obviously you're not going to pay a one-time fee to play stadia the rest of your life no of course you're not um because you're going to have access yeah. to all these games service um so you know what's uh what's 50 bucks a month or 60 bucks a month <sighs> That's too much. That's what that is. Holy but smokes. I mean, think about it though. If you have access to every game whenever and yeah, you know, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a tiering system too, because if, yeah, if they're trying to get me into games, the solution wasn't just taking away the, the $400 upfront cost for the console. I also don't want to pay $60 per game for me. I just can't. And even, I know what you mean. Like for me, maybe what does that translate to? If I were to pay it, I'd probably give myself a new game. What every month, if I was an active, modern yeah, and that's gamer. what it costs basically for, 60 yeah, bucks a month 60 bucks. right and for me that's not tenable like i can't i can't do that in with my pocketbook in terms of what i prioritize in my life at this point right so i really hope that maybe the solution is like tiering you you know like maybe if you're in tier a and it's 60 bucks a month you get some really cutting edge stuff and maybe if you're in tier c you pay 9.99 and you get the binding of isaac you know just some simple games that don't you play like you know, one game a month but at that point you're just game fly well, no, exactly. Well, yeah, then maybe that's the solution. Not even necessarily one game a month. I'm just talking like lower, you know, that not all games are as hot, right? Some games are going to be quick, over, simple. They were made by a team of like 10 people. And if it was on Steam right now, it would be $7.99. And then there are other games that take two years, a million man hours. It's a AAA title. It's $60 as an online service for night. You know what I mean? There's just a different level of game. So yeah. if they provided some sort of tiering you know if there was like these a class games where you got to pay 60 bucks a month cool i have it'd be cool though if they threw in like a 10 bucks a month c class game because i don't really need these triple a titles anyway i just need to go kill 10 minutes when i got it yeah uh but the current gamer is not you it's not us it's not me right you know what i mean like exactly I mean, yeah i play exactly. your games but also at the same time like i'd rather spend time playing my switch you know and yep. you know Nin nintendo i don't know if they'll ever go that route because nintendo's always going to be their own brand and they're never going to mm -hmm uh really change that they're not going to sell their rights really to to anything to do this but 
The cost though would freak me out, man. Because like I don't spend sixty dollars a month on video games. Okay, good. But I mean, yeah, but I, I guess mean, if you I like, I okay, could, so but... like I guess if you're talking about an Xbox Live subscription, which some mm-hmm. people are paying ten bucks a month because they're not buying the year for sixty, uh, mm-hmm. or the PlayStation Now, which is what like twenty bucks a month, uh, mm-hmm. I think. I'm not sure. And then. You know, you're talking about Xbox's Game Pass, which is another ten dollars a month. So, you know, that all stuff adds up. And then, you know, it's possible Google could throw in, you know, YouTube Red for free. That's a a month. That's what thirteen, fourteen dollars a month. You know, so yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could really go into this for cost wise, but I I, right. I don't see it being any less than fifty or sixty dollars a month. Oof, that's deep. Yeah, it might be the case. But the thing you can keep in mind is that it's kind of like Netflix, right? They came in really cheap. They sucked up the market and now they've been inching up the cost. Maybe the future is 50 bucks a month or something like that for Google. But until they get a subscriber base of X million people, they may keep it bottom dollar because, you know, they've they've got the capital. They're not yeah. going to have to shut the lights off. Yeah, they're not MoviePass, right? So MoviePass Exa- didn't yeah, have exactly. the capital not to do so. They were hoping right. that people wouldn't go to movies, and they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I loved using it. That was the problem. Is I was Actually, I hadn't gone to the movies in a while, but that got me out of it. But it's just the the, the numbers weren't right. You know, yeah, they, they were trying to dump to get that subscriber base up, but then it, it wasn't enough to... And even when I signed up for it, I realized I was like, well, this is never going to last. So I might as well just enjoy it while I can. (laughs) So I can go see any movie I want anytime, once a day, you know, for 10 bucks a month. Yeah, I'll do this until you realize that you messed up your. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll see how this, where this goes. I'm sure more stuff will come out uh, over the next um, few months to the year or so. Uh, so anyway, um, lots of like retro stuff to talk about today too. Uh, and I really want to, let's go ahead and move to like some switch news. Uh, sure. So Nintendo is coming out with a VR labo and you are the VR. Yeah. You are the VR man. The resident VR expert, uh, which is not good because I, I'm a little out of the loop. It's been a very big year, very big few months to be honest for VR. It's kind of gone a little wild. But uh, this, I think, looks pretty dang neat, the, the Labo thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's not robust, it's, which is fine. You know, it's just meant to be a fun toy. It's not meant to – but it's just easy um, to set up, easy to tear down. It's quick. It's geared for children. There's no straps to strap into your head, so you got to kind of hold it there so you can't just like – Oh, good. So it's like know, a virtual boy. Put this thing on. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's just meant for like little, little light uses. It's not meant to strap in and – which is good because especially knowing that Labo, its intended audience, really are like children between like what seven and yeah, it's 15. a tool to help build you know get your kids more hands on like building exactly, stuff which and, I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. But but the games themselves are very simple. I'm sure that the screen door effect is really bad, but yeah, I think it's a really neat introduction. And what's great is that the barrier for entry, as I've mentioned, you know, I guess I must really like that phrase, is for the VR for Labo. This is pretty low, right? Like a lot of people already got a switch in their living room, I think for like eighty bucks or something like that is how much this VR set costs. Certainly, it beats an eleven hundred dollar computer and a six hundred dollar headset or some shit. Yeah. So well, it beats it for some people, not for exactly you. for some people. No, I wouldn't want to just use the Labo, but I think it's a neat thing. It's better than strapping a cell phone to your face. I know that. Yeah, and I that's the thing is. is, I think Nintendo realizes like, listen, there's a lot of kids out here taking a pl- piece of plastic and strapping dad's cell phone into their. 
uh, exactly. goggles and calling it VR. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so, right, dude. Uh, it's, uh, sure, why not? I'm waiting right? for... Yeah, at this point, VR is just being batted around pretty hard. I'm waiting for them to just like bring back those 3D eye posters and just say, "Oh, these are VR posters." Be like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's like, starting to get to the point, that... like in the '90s. Remember when they had, like virtual reality, like they had virtual roller coasters and things like that in malls. Yeah, you know, I mean, I when we were doing VR with you, like I loved it. It was great. It was like an immersive, immersive experience. But the rest of the stuff is just like hokey, hokey, man. It's the yeah, hokey for sure. It's the hokey, okey, o. <laughs> speaking of hokey yeah uh so our friends over at nintendo again have been releasing games um on the nintendo games on the switch if you're a subscriber and mm-hmm. you love star tropics right you're a star tropics man i i would not say star tropics is hokey yeah you like star I, tropics it, right i do that's a good game i mean it's got it's, it's got some faults but it was one of those games where i don't know i rented it a lot stay home sick from school on monday if i still had it from the weekend maybe right. and just sit and play that all day yeah it's a neat little uh it's a neat it little is. rpg a, and i it's a cute little game i have not played a lot of it i'll be honest but i started playing it because i think it was one of the games on the big 20 when i was you know mm-hmm. had dreams of actually competing uh, <laughs> yeah me too yep but it was you're right it was on the list for that and so that's when i started playing it but so that's great that nintendo releases this it's a very it's a i guess it's one of those games that's like a cult classic right yeah uh, for sure but here's the problem phil is that the game doesn't have the clue that you need to beat the game mm-hmm. that's uh so this is actually a really it's an easy fix um they fixed this when it this, they encountered what would have been a problem with this when they got it onto the uh, virtual console on the original Wii. Yeah. So to for those who aren't familiar, Star Tropics is a late title in the original NES library. Um, it's got a few things that are pretty um, significant about it that are very interesting compared to other titles. This is one of the few ones that was released or programmed by like the Nintendo R&D one, like their head team. Like I'm pretty sure it's R&D one, maybe it's two. But one of their major teams who like make Mario games and make a lot of this stuff, they made this game, but it only for a U.S. release. There was never a localized Japanese release, which has not happened for any other games. They almost always made them for Japan. Sometimes, you know, most of the time they would get translated to the U.S., but this is the only one that was a U.S. exclusive. Now, that said, um, or at least as far as I know, but what they also had done at the time, Nintendo, uh, especially in Asian markets, had a serious problem with bootlegging, and they had really kind of began to explore options for basically DRM, digital rights management, the same way we got to do a lot of that stuff now. Uh, One of the things that they had done for a long time was just kind of build it into the software. And so if it didn't pass some sort of check, the game wouldn't run right, and it was just, you know, in order to kind of try to control or sabotage pirates. What they did with this one was they actually put a letter um, from your in-game character's uncle in the packaging and instruction manual for this game that when you get to a certain, you know, it's just like anything else in the box. Like, oh, cool, here's a little letter and a little poster, just the stuff they used to put in games and you buy it. But then about three quarters of the way through the game, I'm pretty sure, you end up in a situation where to make your little your little boat turn into a submarine, you got to enter a code. But it tells you, hey, go dip the letter in water. And then you realize, oh, it's this actual letter that comes to the game. So it's really kind of a cool thing, right? It's a way to kind of get you out of the game world. Um, and it also does something huge for Nintendo in a way of DRM. Problem is now, and even back then, who the hell kept that stuff? <laughs> Everybody threw that shit out or got it stomped on. Yeah, of course. You know, I remember um, I needed that code and I didn't have it because I got the game. Like I said, I checked it out from the 
video store. So the code is 747. It's like a jet, I guess, is maybe what they were trying spoiler to Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually literally do that one day where I had to like 001, nope, 002, nope, 003, and I got all the way through to get to 747 to get through. Which, Wait, you actually did that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? I was, yeah, I lived in Buda, man. What else I had time? What was I going to do with my time? I mean, there was outside. There was yeah, the sun. I How long did that yeah, take you cool. to do? Well, I don't know. Let's do the math. <laughs> let's no, see. let's not. Let's, that's a lot of seconds, man. No, no, hold man. on. Let's do the math. Let's say it took four seconds or five seconds per entry. So like 3,500 seconds. What is that? 4,103 like? and 6,000 like an minutes. Right? Is it like 50 minutes or something? I don't know. Dude. But it, I got there. No. Is that the math yeah. on that? I think so. I don't know. I don't math, dude. I'm from the broadcasting. I don't math. Yeah, I, I definitely math a lot. Okay, let, let's. All right, all right, man, all right, Mr. Math. There's thirty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so thirty-five hundred. Let's say it takes four seconds and it takes seven hundred and forty-seven entries. Hold on. Why would you work, dude? Oh my all god. Right, let's see, four seconds times the uh, seven hundred forty-seven. No, no, no. Wait a second. It's isn't it more than seven hundred? It's more than seven hundred forty-seven entries, though. That's the thing. Like, because you started at zero zero one. And you go to 002. zero zero two. It's not like yeah. you're just cl- counting up to seven fours. I mean, you're talking about like you're literally just doing that right now. You're counting up zero zero one and zero zero two. <laughs> but then you got to go to one zero two, and one. Yeah, you're right. Zero that three one zero one. And then am I just really terrible at math? Am I really just am I burying myself right now? Is that what's yeah? Happening? You're really burying yourself. On, <laughs> well, not you're not bad at math. It's really you're bad at counting. It sounds like. Uh, the complete accountant podcast how many bottles of beer on the wall he has no fucking idea oh my god okay 744 seconds what is that yeah i'm trying to like what's up with this calculator right now dude do calculators just do what they're supposed to do they're supposed to like is it should i try scientific is this is this a really scientific matter all right no you what you do is tip your micro you tip it upside down seven, and type boobers seven is what you should equals, do equals bingo 2988 seconds divided by 60 equals 49.8 minutes dude how close was i when i said 50 minutes dude all right wizard i'm a math man now i'm afraid i hope there's a mathematician I... <laughs> listening in on this and going dude these guys are idiots well, I hope just they say you're an idiot. I don't think I should get any trouble on this one. Well, all right. My, my math was on, dude. Math on point. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not an idiot. I'm just taking on you. Oh, uh, the fans. The fans of Phil and his mathing right now. Dude, I'm sure there's like some real. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's continue this before it gets real inappropriate. Um <laughs> So, okay, yeah, so Star Tropics 747, spoiler alert, that's the code. Uh, don't count it out yep. like Phil did when he was a child. Dude, <laughs> yeah, don't take an hour doing that. <laughs> I would not have the patience, man. I know, it sucked. But, uh, yeah, it, I'm sure I <laughs> didn't have a great time. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, dude, whatever. I'm sure that, I don't know what I was doing from 3.09 p.m. to 3.59 p.m. on some Tuesday in Buda, but. I was probably just putting off, starting my paper out. (laughs) I had plenty of time. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, what, uh, so I never got, I don't know. Star Traps is fun, but I don't know if it's that fun. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, 
Uh, continuing on with the Nintendo theme. Today's all about Nintendo, man. It's Google and then Nintendo, and that's it. We're going to do nothing right. else. Right. Oh, well, one thing. I'm sorry. We should catch up. So oh, the whole yeah. point being on that issue is that Virtual Console came out. Remember how you could go up and access the manuals? Like yes. you could hit a button on your home controller? Yeah. They just need to do that for this, right? I mean, that's just that's what they did last time. You'd have to basically oh, push right cool. over... Yeah, and you would just fold through the pages of the manual, and then you would get to the letter from your uncle. You'd press the B button, and it would make the code come through, you know, in the image of the letter. I mean, it seems like an easy solution. Nintendo just needs to put out a digital manual with the game that you can access in-game and put the code in there, and they're good. Wouldn't that be cool, like for Zelda, too? So you get the map, the map that was in the, the game? I agree, yeah. Yeah, for sure, cool. dude. That would be, I, I think so. That'd be awesome. Speaking of Zelda... Mm-hmm. I'm ready to move on, Phil. I'm done talking about math and Star Tropics. Okay. <laughs> and Buda, especially. Um, yeah, I don't blame you there. So somebody has decided to go ahead and create a way for you to play Zelda together. It's a team. It's a unit. As a co-op. Z-unit. Have you ever wanted to play Zelda as a team? I've never thought about it because it's the game, right? It's entire, it's entire, the core of it is a one person on an adventure now that said i don't think it's a bad idea well there's like that one game out there right that four swords game boy advance game that you was multiplayer yeah there was that, that and was then fun. they did like a hyrule fun. warriors where it was like a beat em up with you could play with yeah i don't kind of count those but i know what you mean I, I mean you can count them but they're not like the flagship series no. this case it's taking a flagship entry um and i think it sounds pretty good how about you are you looking do you think it's something you'd be interested in again this is something i never even considered in my entire life Sure. Uh, I mean, it'd be great though. Like, I love co-op mm-hmm. games. I think co-op games yeah. are a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, between me, and my brother, and my cousin B Mauler, um, you check out a Twitch B Mauler, by the way, if you ever need a Fortnite fix, um, or apparently pool. We play stream some pool this weekend. Um, but anyway, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we played uh, like the Lord of the Rings co-ops. Those were a lot of fun. Um, just beat ups and things like that. You, know, you play like Fatal Fury and stuff when you were a kid and love those games, but I never thought about doing a yeah. Zelda, but I would totally team up with somebody in Zelda and go on an adventure through Hyrule. That would be wonderful. I just wonder how that, how do you make that the game? Is it kind of like you share treasure? Like, do you have to each pick up the bow in level one and each pick up the hook shot? When you get the hook shot in level two, am I over in level three and it shows up in my inventory? I just don't know how it would look. Good question. I don't know. Maybe you share. Yeah. Maybe it's got, it would have to be a share, but I would think. I would think. Yeah. Which can know. make it really kind of cool. But I feel like because of how that game operates, its design is really geared into a one player game. So while I think it's a lot of, it's a really cool idea and a really cool thing they can do multiplayer, you almost wish, right, that they could put a few, a few factors into the game that are apart from just allowing two people to play at the same time, maybe change how the game itself plays. So that way you have puzzles that maybe require two people or there's just some sort of flow to it that actually takes advantage of it rather than just kind of slapping it on top of a one player game. Yeah, if that makes sense. So but it's I cool. want to give credit cool. to the person who's actually creating this or the team that's creating this. And they have a Twitch channel where you actually watch the development of it. Uh, Scroll for initiative is the Twitch. It's all one word is the Twitch name of the person uh, who is partially working on this. So there you go. That's very There's cool. a shout awesome. out to Scroll for Initiative if you want to check out the uh, some videos on the development, which I think is pretty neat, man. Like I love when people hack yeah. games, man. It's pretty cool. Me too. I think it's a huge thing, especially for like I've, you've seen a lot of good stuff on like Arena Time. Um, it's obviously it looks dated because a lot of 64 titles do, 
you get a lot of cool teams out there who have come up with high texture mods and really kind of spruce up the way it appears. So it's really cool. I think that just the amount of energy people put into making that game a little different these years on is some really neat stuff. I'm a real big fan of randomizers too. So like, yeah, you I know, agree. playing like the Zelda randomizer is great because it's like, you know, you, yeah, you're familiar with the game, but it's a, a new adventure every time you play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, and you can change it in ways, you know, you can make the enemy minions one hit, one kill and just go through and decimate the game. You know what I mean? You can do so many things with those mods, dude. It's awesome. And I think mods right. are great. Uh, yeah. And so does Nintendo, apparently. I know we've already talked about this a little bit, but you're seeing kind of these different flavors, right, of their games rather than just a straight vanilla. Like that Zelda one they had out, Zelda original, where you started with all that stuff. Like just loading up the game, you're like, bam, here's all your equipment and yeah. your red ring and the whole thing. They're doing that yeah, with a lot of games on the Switch, too. Like, so in yep. their Switch library, they Metroid, like an advanced version of Metroid and Blaster Master yeah. and Life Force and things like that. Like, that's pretty yep. cool, man. So. Very cool. Um, I'm into it. It's it's cool, to, especially for those who've always thought about picking up and playing and been like, well, I couldn't get past one part, but if I have the bombs in Metroid, maybe I can get a little further than I was before or whatever. Exactly. So I think it's yep, pretty absolutely. neat, man. I'm all in on mods. Speaking of mods, absolutely. let's change gears a little bit. And I think we've talked a little bit in the past about Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, and I, I think I, we talked maybe that we weren't going to talk about this much today, but I just think it's a... Uh, since we're talking about mods, why not bring it up? And you've played with mods on Grand Theft Auto before, haven't you? Yeah, I have. You might remember. I, it wasn't exactly a mod, right? Because uh, modding is really kind of cool now in terms of its packaging. Like the teams who get behind this stuff, they organize, they come up with a whole, just a, a suite of changes that all kind of go together. Back when I was modding Grand Theft Auto, it was really more you just found this file somewhere in there that had all the attributes to different things, whether it was the strength of like guns, particular guns, or the weight and mass and speed of vehicles. And yeah, I went in there and <laughs> just ran the dials wild on that and uh, ended up with a gun, like a handgun. You just shoot and it would just send people flying really like up into the sky. It was crazy. And then also the, the taxi cabs were basically, they'd weigh about as much as a Sherman tank or more than that. Uh, but they had about as much speed to them as like a meteor. And so you could just drive through bridges and cars would just peel off your hood and just fly off the back. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, a lot of fun kind of messing with GTA. So the cool thing about this mod, this is a new mod where you can actually play as like a different person. So you could be a cop, you could be a criminal. Uh, according to the article, you'd be a doctor. Um, but the thing is, is when you, you have to like follow that mantra, you can't break character. Because if you do... Like it really doesn't mess up the game, but like the consequences are severe, which I think is pretty (laughs) funny. So if you're a doctor and you find like, and this is a Kotaku article, uh, if you find like a car with drugs, you know, what do you do? You know, do you, uh, you know, break character and go crazy and then make it just an entirely different game? Um, Or, you know, I don't know. I think it's kind of neat, but like the reason why it's a big deal is because a lot of the Twitch, like, a number of heavy Twitch streamers are playing it. So it's kind of being like GTA five is kind of be, being brought back a little bit. And so that's why I made the news, but I know that you're a mod guy and I remember yeah. just laughing at us for hours, crashing helicopters completely. So 
Like we weren't even yeah, like, dude. or like yeah, jumping absolutely. out of planes and finding a way we can splat the best. You know what I mean? Right. Like, man, we I remember, yeah. So we were definitely pants. like well, we put like a save point up on top of like a skyscraper next to a dirt bike. And it was like, well, <laughs> yes. that's it. That's an hour right there of fun. Like you can, you can just do that for a while. Just, <laughs> well, let's, find, <laughs> let's find all the ways we can get down to the street uh, and not, and live sometimes, but also just do ridiculous stuff like that. How can yeah. You that's always been one of my movie. favorite parts of these GTA games. Hell, even the GTA five just kind of taking yeah. and see, a bicycle are, to the, the top of that why, like, I would love to have a PC that could play those mm-hmm. games, you know? Just to be able yeah. to have the power to actually put a cool mod on a game like GTA Five or whatever, and just right. go crazy, man. That would be neat. I don't know how moddable. I haven't looked into GTA Five, uh, whether it's moddable and what would be moddable. But GTA Four, man, oof, people just broke that sucker wide open. There was all kinds of cool stuff you could do in there once if you had it for PC, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, from the Department of Video Game Preservation, another found game from Nintendo. Yeah. Another found one, Phil. They're founding them all over the place, man. And Which I think is really crazy. That's like two major of these stories in a year. And these games are 20 years old. It's everybody, And everybody knows that they're worth money and everybody knows they got them. So the fact that these things keep showing up, I don't know how much, how much more of that that's out there, but I think this stuff is awesome. So this is a WCW game mm-hmm. um, from the 80s. So I imagine you're going to see wrestlers like God, who was wrestling for them back there? Like Sting. Uh, God, that's a great question. Was he already in black and white? Sting? No, 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 no. He was because WCW. He was Beach Sting. That he was uh, dressed up in uh, I almost said violent colors, neon colors. He was a product (laughs) of the eighties, man. Um, Yeah, blonde hair and everything like that. No, he went when he went to Black Sting, uh, Dark Sting. I, I don't know what you want to call him, but. Uh, the crow sting, I guess would be more. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the crow. Yep, co opted that. Yeah. Yep. Um, he didn't completely flip flop. But what's cool is that people are finding these games, and like there's people out there. Um, Archon 1981, he takes these games, he actually uploads them and like preserves it so people can mm-hmm. like check it out and see what it was like. Even though those games like more never officially released. Yeah, good. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think we're probably saying the same thing, because, yeah, more often than not, these games aren't released, and they're also not even finished. So you need somebody who knows this NES assembly language to kind of get in there, and you don't have any documentation. You just kind of have to start looking at the code and thinking, well, what was this trying to do? And then figure it out and finish it, which is crazy, right, to think about. But at the same time, I think the tools to program are so much better now, even in terms of NES assembly language uh, now than they were in the year of this game actually being made you know try to imagine using windows 3.1 or something to try to program a game so uh yeah it's i just think it's really neat that the people that not only they find it a lot of times they got to finish it where they get it up i don't know if that's how it worked with this game particularly or not but yeah yeah definitely so that's kind of cool i love stuff again i love when things get found like because it was not too long ago they did the sim city also i think the same way i found sim city um so Lots of cool stuff. Uh, all right, let's move on. We're dude, we're, we're flying through this stuff now. Uh, so Konami has finally come through with promised releases of their titles on different platforms, um, and they're doing it in stages. And the first stage is the arcade classic stage, which looks to be arcade versions of some of their classic games like Twin B. Life Force, love Life Force. That's a lot of game. 
are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Haunted Castle, I never really played that. Thundercross, maybe I played a little bit of, but um, that's not what I'm worried about too much. I'm more, I'm more down with the Castlevania collection, which will be released sometime early summer. And right now they've only shown four games, but it's Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, no, Castlevania 3. They're skipping Simon's Quest for every reason. Uh, and then Castlevania 4, Super Castlevania, which is a really good game. I've actually been playing through that one uh, very recently. I'm basically at the end, but I just can't get Dracula, so I haven't pulled it back up. On that little SNES classic I've got, um, it's got a little save file. I've yeah. been kind of every night, you know, pull up, beat one level, save it, and beat it over the course of a few weeks. I think this but, uh, gets taken over the top if they throw a Symphony of the Night in there, too. Yeah, I wonder about that. Now, because I wonder how much they're cutting off their own hand here or something, because they just made that available again commercially. Yeah. On these platforms. But hey, maybe they'll just throw it in here too. Like you maybe get the money twice <laughs> your Konami. And I don't think that many people are yeah, gonna be maybe. yelling at them because they're already throwing so much other great stuff in here that um, you know, you can't really get upset with them for if they wanted to sell it again in this package, I don't think. Yeah, I wonder if Rano of Blood be included included in this on this one too. The Sega. Oh, version. that would be cool, dude. Um a lot of the, the cool thing about this one would be is some of the, these games are like expensive to like purchase mm-hmm. um on their yeah, own. Yeah, especially Rondo of Blood, dude. Oh, yeah, it's really dude. it's impossible um, to get. And you know, Castlevania is still like a I don't even know what it is now, but it, it's like a twenty or thirty dollar game, I think, at this point. Uh the original Oh Castlevania. wow, the original? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And that was one that I feel like everybody had, right? In their collection. That's, that's a the very thing though, like nobody title. wants to get rid of that game. Yeah, it's so a really important title, like, I guess. You yeah. know, they're common, but because people want that game, they cost more. Makes sense. I'm gonna do a quick little eBay search, but uh of all the Castlevania games, which one is your favorite? I think for mine, uh it's Symphony of the Night. I I go back. That's one of those games kind of like Earthbound and Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. There's a few games that I just feel like a Super Metroid's one of them where I'll go back about, I feel like once every other year or so and beat. And I don't know how many times I've played through um, Symphony of Night, but it's been a lot. I bet probably close to 10 times. So it's just a lot of fun. I really, really like it. Super tight. Controls on it are excellent. Design's good. It's just got everything. It's really just one of those like perfect games. And like we've talked about in terms of the amount of time you have now that I know that game, like the back of my hand where everything is and all that, it's just kind of fun to go through and just whoop it. You know, if I had to learn everything from scratch, the game would take a lot longer. I probably wouldn't see it through, but now that I know everything is in that game, it's just a fun thing to beat over the course of like a week or two yeah. once every couple of years. So it, it's the games around $20 on eBay. Um, so it's like after shipping, it's a little over 20 bucks. These are sold items, yeah. so you you can find it for whatever. That's still there. that's more than I would have thought. I figured I would have pegged it at like an eight dollar game, but that's just how long ago it's been since I would have been. Yeah, based on availability, uh, the number they made, you would think that that is true. But yeah, you know how often do you go into a game store? And I I use Mario Three for an example of this all the time. When you see a copy of Mario Brothers Three for like thirty or forty bucks, yeah, right. That's because people pay for it, which is crazy. And that right? I think I think is the most produced and sold like NES game yep. ever, right? Well, apart from Mario 1, yeah. That's nuts to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, Konami also makes Contra, and they're going to come out with some Contra stuff, too. Uh, they'll do Contra, Super Contra. All the classics will be there. And then, mm-hmm. so, it looks like it's all going to be on thing... PS4, Xbox, Xbox One, and Steam, so you can get your computer fix, your PC fix on these two. So. 
That's awesome. And I think I, I may look into that. One thing I will call out. So, uh, as mentioned, there's like eight titles in each of these collections and they've released the four of them and they'll even the last four is kind of surprise. The Contra one, what I noticed in looking closer at it is that that original Contra there is not the NES port. That's the original arcade title. So I'm really hopeful oh, that the original NES port gets in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All same, right. with, same with super Contra. That's the direct arcade sequel. They've, They've shared that they're going to release Super C, which is the NES sequel, and Contra 3 for uh, Super Nintendo, but the original NES Contra is nowhere included yet. But that's a no-brainer. you got to put it in. So it. I don't know what else they'd even throw in except for that. Uh, there was one game right for Nintendo called like Contra Heroes or something, Contra Force, um, which I don't know much about. And I actually, if I remember right, it may not even have been a Contra game. They just kind of slapped, you know, like they used to do. Sometimes they, when they localize it to the U.S., they would just slap another game's right. thing on it to get that, you know, like, oh, I know that game. The last one was fun and just to help move units. Yeah. So I can't even remember if that's a true Contra one or not. Yeah. But, yeah I, we'll uh, this is going to cost probably a lot of money, I think. I mean, because you're buying these in different bundles. So right. it's not like you're getting all of them for one purchase of 20 bucks. I mean, you're probably looking at, yeah. you know, $20 for the arcade one, which is, I mean, that's coming out in April 18th. And you're probably looking for another 20 or 30 bucks for the castlevania and probably the same for contra I'd, i would imagine but i agree 100 percent. i bet they're about 20 bucks for each so like 60 to get all 24 of those games yeah which is cool because they're all gonna be available on switch which makes me happy i think switch is a great platform for like a lot of these re-releases yep i think you're right so i like think the, the switch uh, is awesome the sega um you know sega put out their like anniversary collection or whatever it was on and you can so you play all the sonics and uh, golden axe and stuff like that, which is pretty sweet. So, and switch yeah, is absolutely, it'd be, I mean, I can't switch. Well, I can't imagine switch ever makes like a native, uh, Sega controller, but it'd be really great if they did like they did with the, um, Nintendo oh, controllers. right. But I also, yeah, I think at some cool. point they're going to have to, I think they'll get into 60 or they'll get at least get a super Nintendo. So they'll probably release that. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made just for these re-releases mm-hmm. if you can get the controllers that go with them oh by the way yeah i have to knock nintendo a little bit there is a noticeable input lag on the oof uh controllers now is this on are you seeing are you experiencing a lag on the small handheld switch screen or are you talking on your tv i'm talking about the so the controller that i bought the uh mm-hmm. the nes controller that yeah. is supposed to work with the switch yep so the wireless controller is a little laggy but are you experiencing it when just playing off of the handheld screen or Um, i don't know i don't really love the way the buttons are set up i don't love how that feels so i have to look into a little bit more but i can tell you yeah i mean the reason why i bought those controllers is because you know i was hoping to get a seamless experience but Mm -hmm. that's not gonna work bill so. But is it so? What is it about it? The buttons don't feel like they did on the other one, or is it just because those just controllers the are the opposite of ergonomics, given how old they it's were? It's like so the distance between the the buttons for your thumb is just different. You know what I mean? Like oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's not like the space between like a normal NES controller. It's like I don't know the way they're set up. Right, you're gonna have it in, in a in a diamond. You know what I mean? Similar mm-hmm. to a sixty or a Nintendo Super Nintendo controller, but like e- even then, the buttons are smaller. And there's just the distance between them makes it difficult to do like, I don't know, jump swinging or whatever. Sure. Games, so this whole time I thought we were talking about the original NES wireless one that they just released we were. for Switch. We were. That's what I was talking about. But you said it has buttons on it like a Super Nintendo. No, man, dude. I feel like I'm trying to do math with you right you now. You are. This is not but this out. is 
this is your fault though. It is. Yeah, this one's all me. Okay. So help me understand <laughs> right. what controller. It's a Okay, NES so the classic. NES the NES classic controller. Like yep. the classic one that you can buy for the it's just for the Switch, right? It's it, it feels right. exactly like a Nintendo it looks and feels exactly like a Nintendo controller. But, but that the buttons controller, are spaced out no, differently. Listen to me. Stop interrupting. All right. <laughs> they're not they're set up the exactly the same. That those buttons are fine. But it's the lag from that controller is the problem. Gotcha. Input lag. Now you mentioned at one point, and then I'll drop it. You said the buttons are different because you brought it what up. What controller? if because you because you said what if you take the controller or what if you take the game off the system just playing handheld? No, I meant the screen. All right, I was only asking is your is your TV set all fucked up and basically you got you got make it look pretty and so it feels laggy is all I'm asking. But if it's not that case, that's why I was wondering maybe your wireless controller in your hands and your little switch on your coffee table right in front of you, and now you look at that screen, but you hold a Nintendo controller. I wasn't talking about holding Joy-Cons. Oh, okay. Right. Gotcha. Oh, no, that I don't know. I thought you were actually talking about me holding it. But yes, the Joy-Con controllers feel different. That's why. Yes, they do. All right. Yep. Now on the same page. All right. Yep. All right. Like, be like, what are you talking about, man? This is the worst right. podcast in the history of podcasting. Um, <laughs> speaking of the worst things ever, dude, uh-huh. did you see this thing about MySpace? Yeah, that's definitely the worst thing ever. Um, no, as far as the just, it's like this graveyard. It's like a this empty little shell of what it once was, where some right. things work and some don't, and all that. Yeah. So MySpace did an update on their like servers. And dude, they lost all the music that was uploaded from 2003 to 2015. Oh, wow. It's all gone, all of it, all those, mu- all that music. So your gym class heroes so, are gone now. Gotcha. So we're, so we're. That's a good thing. See, as far as I'm concerned, anything that gets lost off of MySpace is a good thing. I bet there's I a lot of My Chemical Romance fans really bummed out right now. They probably are. Uh, luckily for them, uh, I'm sure there are other music marketplaces. such as iTunes that are still maybe a little more popular than MySpace music, but I don't know. Maybe MySpace music was the the goddamn. Well, it was, I mean, a lot of artists actually were found through MySpace. So I mean, it's a big deal in that regard. I mean, a lot of bands 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. I mean, well then there you go. Like, I feel like if they stop making 45s, I wouldn't let it break my heart. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's some old music. I don't think you fully understand the impact that MySpace had on the world. I think you're just kind of, I'm just glad that it ended. I think you're kind of just like, "Mm," which is weird. Oh dude, MySpace sucked. What do you mean? I know. I agree. I agree. But like still everybody had one. They did. But you're, you're treating MySpace like it was just like somebody like flushed a diaper down the toilet. Oh, no, I'm treating MySpace like it's this poisonous thing that it should really just people should stop trying to dump money into it and make a business out of it and just be like, maybe we could just set this out to pasture. But then what's Tom going to send it to the same farm? I don't know. I hope Tom's doing I hope he's making pizzas or something for a living because I don't know what he does, but there's certainly uh, he's got to keep the lights on in his apartment. I don't know that MySpace is going to do that for him, but maybe it will. Hey, you want to play a game that makes everybody mad? Uh, Yeah, I'd love to. I love those games. (laughs) Why don't you do your MySpace <laughs> top eight right now? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't even remember what it was. I mean, I'm, right now, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about right now. Who would be your top eight? Oh, right my top eight right now. Yeah, let's get people upset. Um, okay, well, I guess it would be my wife, you. Um, and we are going to get people upset. <laughs> 
you better stop, bro. Yeah, I'm done. That's all I got. <laughs> That's what I'm telling, dude. Like, how, how, yeah, dude. Like, it's still crazy to think that if you were to come up with your top eight and you started ranking your friends, people would just go yeah. fucking bananas, dude. They would. And I would hate myself because here's the thing, dude. Like, even on this podcast, it's often you'd be like, all right, Phil, name me your top three Game Gear games. Go. And I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, man, I don't know. And then later on in the day, I'm like, shit, why did I say this? So, yeah. no, I, I definitely can't name you that my top eight no, human being. I would I'm never really play that game myself. ever in a million years. Right. But I could tell you, buddy, that you could leave me off your top eight and it made somebody else happy. I never, I never, that never really bothered me. Dude, it's Toad's Mutes. All right. Let's, uh, Toad's we both, Mutes. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, dude, I've been meaning to tell you that. Uh, so I've actually been pretty deep in Breath of the Wild lately. Oh, right on. Oh, my God, dude. That game is glorious. I bet. I've been playing it for like, I'm well over 20 hours into the game, and I haven't made barely any progress. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that game is so dude, much fun. It dude. is. And I haven't even done the DLC yet. Well, you know, the, the Wii U version, um, speaking, we were talking about mods earlier, the Wii U version was uh, basically brought in and emulated on PC, mm-hmm. and it didn't look very good when it first had uh, been doing it, but I've heard some chatter online that it's really picked up. I need to give that another shot because, yeah, man, that game is just so much fun. Somebody They've created a randomizer for Breath of the Wild. Oh, awesome. How the hell do you get to it? Do you have to have it on the PC? I think like, I think you have to have the Wii U version. And they, well, okay. uh, some sort of, well, yeah, obviously you have to have the, the right ROM. So, and then yeah. however they built, I have no, I actually have no idea how they built it. I know it gets recent <laughs> That's and, pretty cool. and it's buggy right now. But there was sure. a guy streaming uh, who is also a speedrunner of Breath of the Wild. 24 hours it takes at minimum to beat that game, speedrun. What? Like when it's randomized? That's like 100, 100% completion on that game, 24 oh, 100% hours. completion. Yeah, I can see that. Because I've heard actually the times come down quite a bit in terms of speedrunning. Yeah. But, um, I'm, you know, that's 80%. Dude, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, but anyway, that game's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to end, and I, I want to ask you this question. Uh so actually, I'm going to tell you what happened. So I'm sitting around in my office and I get a text from my buddy Gus. Shout out to Gus for oh, yeah. being the best Gus he could possibly be. And he, he's a, he he's a big Gus. listener of the podcast. And he's, he calls, yeah, me out all the time, calls me all the time, said, you guys need to do another episode, man. And that kind of gets That's me motivated awesome. to do one because, you know, I'm a pleaser. Uh, but great. I will be honest, when Gus usually suggests something to me, I kind of be like, yeah, dude, that's stupid. Like, I really don't want to. <laughs> like, when we were living together back in the day, he'd be like, hey, man, you should listen to Angels and Airwaves. I'd be like, no, I shouldn't. I really don't want to. I have no interest in Angels and Airwaves. I'm sorry. Yeah. I knew two guys in that same apartment trying to get me to watch the OC, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Uh, and so, and Gus, I, I apologize. And sometimes Gus has really good ideas, right? Uh, Absolutely. But a lot of yeah. times I'll just kind of like, oh, whatever, because it's Gus. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to like try to be a better friend and listen <laughs> to suggestions. Better late than never. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of making people mad. Um, <laughs> so Gus oh, texts me and says, hey, man, have you seen Slobby's World on Netflix? And I'm like, what? Why would I ever watch anything called Slobby's <laughs> on Netflix? Like, what, is that like a... 80s like oh, shit. horror thing like i'm never gonna watch that ever with well, just the name you have no idea the direction yeah. the show's gonna go yeah. and so when he texts me he says like no dude it's like this pawn stars thing where he spies like 80s and 90s 
vintage stuff. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, that's cool. Um, let me see. What, okay. Oh, here's what he, here's, here's a verbatim what he says. He says it's like pawns. It's like a pawn store only. It's about retro shop in Tucson, Arizona. The owner is that is this fucking mess of a dude. And I can't stop watching it. You got to watch like five minutes of an episode. Don't know why, but somehow I think you'd be the same way. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Okay. That's all you need to hear though. Yeah. Cause I mean, as soon as you heard that you were like, all right, I'll, I'm giving this. A yeah. Shot. And I like, if you say five minutes and you can catch yep. me in five minutes, I'm in. So mm-hmm. I start watching it and like a minute in I'm hooked because this dude is fat riffraff. Like <laughs> he's got gold. Oh, he's shit. got gold teeth. Uh, oh, he has a grill. Yeah. He's got a grill, man. He's got Holy a grill. Shit. And he's probably older than us. And he thinks like lit and fire and he sells <laughs> 80s and 90s stuff, which is cool. Like obviously that's where we grew up. That's our wheelhouse. Right. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is there's this whole subculture of people that I never knew existed. And there are people willing to spend hundreds of dollars on knockoff, like Gucci Versace stuff, like what? fake like, stuff that was made in the eighties, like a okay, Nautica so sweatshirt, right? Would go for $200 in this dude shop. That wasn't even made by well, Nautica. It was made by like Botica or something. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So was the shirt that he's got for $300 that's not really by Nautica, was it, and it's meant to be, you know, of the 80s Nautica line? Yes, yeah. Was, yeah. Is it, but is it a new manufacturer? No, no, or is this no, no, actually no. a this bootleg also from the 80s? And oh, he calls, wow. we're looking for single stitch because if it's double stitch, that means it was made later than the 90s. And so you... St- <laughs> And so I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, I had a lot of crappy shirts, like a crappy, like a bunch of crappy bootleg stuff because, oh, you know, shit. we weren't wealthy or anything. Like, why am I going to own Gucci anything? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, not that I ever had a fake Gucci t-shirt to begin with, but like, yeah, people are buying this stuff up. There are people who collect Ralph Lauren clothes from the 80s and 90s specific. That's crazy. What? Like. Like, I don't get that. Like, if I'm going to collect anything from the 80s, it's like maybe a trapper keeper. And if I got some <laughs> spare, if I got something spare, maybe I'll make one of my wife's dreams come true and get her like a, uh, what's it, Billy Ray Cyrus tour t-shirt or something. And then I think I'm good. Imagine walking through a Bergner's or a Macy's or whatever it is in 80s and 90s. And you're seeing mm-hmm. those clothes for guys and you're thinking, that's not what I want to wear. Right. Take me to get a, right. a T-shirt or whatever. And but you realize that old dudes in the or people in our age in the 80s and 90s are now making thousands of dollars off clothes they wore. Right. Dude, used band T-shirts like an old Metallica T-shirt is like hundreds of dollars. That's crazy. Like, dude, any band from the 80s, it could be freaking Cotton oh. Eye Joe t-shirt and somebody's gonna spend a hundred dollars on that thing man old basketball jerseys i got a shirt somewhere i bet would be worth something that if i hadn't already certainly thrown it out it was this really weird shrunk tiny little it's like a david bowie t-shirt oh my god that that would i also think according to this show you'd be rich you could send your kids to college with that shirt yeah and it was a weird design and it was definitely 80s i think actually of all people i got it from uh guy named Alex Powers. Uh, shout out to him. I don't know that he's listening. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. But yeah, uh, that's really funny because that was a mess of a shirt, dude. But I can see this 
in my mind, whatever the slobby Rob dude or whatever his name is, uh, he would probably be wanting to move that unit. The show is definitely worth a watch just because of the just like WTF moments. Mm -hmm. Like he shows up to people's houses with like stuff and says, hey, man, I got what you need. And it's like something that you threw away when you were 10 because it was stupid. And right. then all of a sudden it's worth a whole bunch of money. So it's, the guy does video games and things like that too. Um, but like it's, it's mostly focused on clothing. And now I imagine like once people start watching this stuff, they're going to start going to Goodwill and finding old t-shirts and trying to flip them. You know what I mean? Which is, I can't right. imagine there's a big market, especially in smaller towns for a vintage Gucci t-shirt. Right. But there's a whole subculture like street fashion. What? Dude, I've been missing Very out. hype. Very hype. Are you a hype beast? <laughs> very, very 80s hype beast. Hype beast? <laughs> yeah, dude. You hang out with are, kids. Are you not a... Yep, hype beast. <laughs> hype beast. That's what anybody knows me. Anybody knows me. They know. If they ever, if somebody says, hey, can you name me one hype beast? And they're like, Phil Ernst. Phil dude. Ernst. Easily. I'm going to ask my students when they, we're on spring break right now. I'm going to ask my students when yeah. they come back next week if, uh, mm. you know, they're down with the hype beast. Yeah. No, they, uh, they won't be. Um, I'm pretty sure. Cause I'm so fucking out of touch that I can't imagine. They well, it's gotta be, be better than um, yeet. <laughs> it's gotta be better than yeet, dude. I don't get what is yeet. Yeet is what exciting, is yeet? man. You could be anything. It's like Dalian, but like, Oh, okay. But I didn't know. I was like, what the fuck is yeet? Dude? So what is it? Shout out to Jeremy Reed and that guy's secret, but you remember Dalian, right? So like oh, yeah, Dalian is, is, is a noun, right? It's like the noun version yeah. of everything. It's like a dollop yeah. of good stuff. Yeah. Yeet is like the, Reaction verb, yeah, or the verb about to start eating over that dalliance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or as I think, I this little dalliance got me eating. Uh, when I was explaining, I think we were playing a game and Reed, we were playing a complaining game, game Reed, and I was like, Hey, you guys ever heard of yeet? And Reed, like, as in, you eat anything yet? <laughs> uh, that guy's secret two locations one in Princeton, one in that's right. Oh man. All right, I think we, we've hit our hour mark, so I'm... I think we have hit the hour mark. I'm we good. got it in, so good uh, stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Always good to talk to you, brother. Uh, and Absolutely, please, you too. We're only like a couple weeks away from this um, yeah. Milwaukee thing. Let's get on it and make it happen. I've already bought my ticket, man. Yeah. So. What do you think... Well, let me ask you. Uh, how much did you put into your budget? Sands, like sucking out of there, anything you were looking to buy while there? How much were you just to, to go do it? To go do it? I mean, to be passive, you don't have any, to go sp- like a lot of oh, money. Good. I didn't games. know if you were gonna go. I didn't know if that was in your budget. No, right. no, no, no. Like my budget, like I just want to attend. Maybe buy cool. a couple pop figures because that's what I like to do when I'm at uh, conferences like that. Cons. It's and sort of like yeah. instead of a ticket stub, it's that. So I keep my sure. Office. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so I don't know. Like I'm looking for. I'm still looking for road rash in the case. So there might be a couple like smaller items that I would buy. Like I'm not gonna go out and look for a limited edition keyblade from, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, one, the knights, Hearts. whatever the hell it was, Kingdom Hearts. That's it. So, and I'm not the kind of guy that's also gonna buy little Samson in the box. Like that's not no. my thing. So, but if there's Me a couple either. games that I've always wanted to own in the box, like Sega games, would probably be more like where I'm at. Yeah, no, I'm not right. bringing like, a up. whole stack of cash to go out and buy somebody's entire stock of Nintendo games. That's not going to be. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go check out some panels. I'm going to meet some people. I'm going to pass out a couple podcast uh, 
what do you call those things? Business cards? Coffee mugs. Co- no. There's only <laughs> one coffee mug, bud, and it's mine. This is limited edition. <laughs> this is not bootleg. Uh, this is not bootleg Gucci or Versace. You cannot get this yeah. for $800. This is mine. Um, so, yeah, think yeah. about it. Awesome. You know, if anything, yeah, at the very, sure. least, I'd, I'd at the very least, if, like I said, my, my buddy doesn't want too many people staying in his house, we can get it at a hotel room. We can split it, and it won't be that expensive. Cool. No, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, maybe this one will be in the year, but uh, it will definitely be, if not this year, then very soon, because it just seems like... Did you see the VIP pass that they got up there for this thing? The VIG, Very Important Gamer? That gives you if I understand right. stuff, right? Well, yeah, but I think part of the pass is they give you, like, somebody made a Nintendo game. Like, it's a, it's like a new it's one a that had been released. They, they cook yeah, homebrew. Homebrew. It might even be part of the badge, man. Like, it might just be what dangles off your neck, and then when you're Is done with it, the... Your, your, an NES cart dangles from your neck? Yeah, that has, like, VIG written on it, and then it's actually a playable game as well. Yeah, well no. But I don't know. I thought that's what I saw online, but it just it looks pretty cool. I bought stuff. a pass for Saturday and Sunday, but I might not even go Sunday. It's just it was only 10 bucks more to do both. Yeah, right. Um, just add that extra bit on. But, uh, hey, do you... Now we're just having a conversation here in this podcast. I'm sure everybody's excited. That's right. Um, <laughs> when is Des Moines Comic Con? You need to look that up and let it's me good, know. It's a good question. I haven't heard a thing, but I feel like that's unfortunately one of those things that just splashes on Facebook like a two weeks well, I before okay, I, you know what, it happens. You're not going to do it. I'm going to look. Yeah, but you're going to have to look that up. <laughs> and uh, so I will. Uh, I'll look into that, and maybe that's the time I'll come back and we'll. Instead of going on a Friday night for a couple hours, we'll actually do a yeah. whole day of it on a Saturday or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be great. And as I'm saying that, it's June 1st to the 3rd. All right. Right. It's come around the corner then. I a couple months. Actually, I got to find out when I'm leaving for a vacation because I'm supposed to be going to Wisconsin for a month. Hey, doctor, who's going to... Elijah Wood's going to be there, bro. So you're going to Wisconsin for a month? No, for a week. I'm sorry. I got excited. Oh, Elijah Wood is going to be at Des Moines Comic Con. <laughs> Elijah Wood makes turns weeks into months, man. That's his magic. Well, that's exciting. So it is. I, you know, last year I saw uh, Samwise at Indie Comic Con, so I might as well go get Frodo <laughs> in Des Moines. Is that what Sean Aston like? Is he old Samwise? Old Samwise Gamgee. All right, let's go. <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bro. All right, man. Talk to you later. <laughs>